it, it does it does boggle the mind that that we would get to a point where we'd install a whole pile of um, surveillance cameras from China that potentially have the ability to flick vision straight back to Beijing if they wanted to. And I mean, you know, I'm not getting carried away here, but clearly someone has gone to the government after this audit by the senator and just told the Prime Minister and his Defence Minister and others, uh, yeah, no, nah, this is quite serious, actually. You need to do something about it, i.e. remove them all. Now, Alastair McGibbon is, is a Chief Strategy Officer at CyberCX, and he was a former National Cybersecurity Advisor to the Prime Minister, and he joins me on the line. Thanks very much for your time, Alastair. Great to be with you. Okay. Um, well, look, I'll do it from a layman's point of view. What could be the problems with these cameras? I mean, CCTV is, is a very sort of constant part of our life now. So what's the, what's the big deal? In fact, you could say it's ubiquitous. There are cameras in homes, uh, cameras probably in the lobby of the office that you're working from and in the lift that you caught uh, this morning. Uh, the problem is whether there is a feature and or flaw that would allow the Chinese Communist Party to access those images. We know they're the world's largest surveillance state. They can surveil a billion people. Why not surveil more and perhaps more importantly, have us pay for the privilege? Now, by saying what you just said, you're suggesting that if I installed a camera in the corridor of a, of a government department for our security measures, that that could be accessed in Beijing. Yeah, quite possibly, yes. That's the reason why the federal government will now be uh, ripping these cameras out, uh, which the UK and the US have already done. Uh, the question I have, of course, is if it's good enough for federal government to be ripping these things out, what about the rest of us? What about critical infrastructure? What about any normal business? What about the safety and privacy of the average Australian citizen? Okay, so, see, my read of it would be that if I installed the cameras, then sh the people who work in the security area of my company or my department, whatever the case may be, can see the surveillance vision from a control room. But you're painting a picture that it can be going all the way back to China. Yes, quite possibly. Right. Yep, well, how, how would that work, do you think? Well, with some, we know that there are features where uh, actually those images do and will go back to China, and there are others where there uh, are flaws uh, that would allow uh, a third party to gain access to those images. Deliberately? That that would flaw would have been put into the, the software or the hardware? Yeah, of course, because it's in some cases it's a feature. It's actually part <laughs> of what's in there. So, uh, and this is the classic case of technology, of course. We look for um, uh, what we want to achieve. We often don't spend enough time pulling these cameras um, and pulling apart the software to better understand um, how uh, those devices operate. Now, and of course, the surveillance cameras are only one part of the electronics, of course, that we've added to our lives over the years. So this is just one of what I think will end up being many forms of technology that we have to ask the vital question about, um, you know, how, how much reach do we want China state to have? Well, you're painting a picture that we've been paying China to spy on us. Well, we're certainly paying 
uh, to install technologies that would allow uh, potentially and probably actually in many circumstances China state to do just that. Well, I would imagine that they would have some interest in what's going on in the halls of uh, Canberra. Yes, of course, but it's a public building. I can sit there as well. So people will say, uh, well, what's the difference? You could have someone sitting there and see many of the relationships as you could walking down the street or sitting in a hotel lobby. The key question here is the world's largest surveillance state that's proven that it can do this to you know a, you know, a billion Chinese citizens. Uh, it's not much of a stretch to be doing that now for a much larger slice of the globe. Okay. I, I suppose the other obvious question people are thinking to themselves is why did we allow this to happen? Yeah, it's a great question. Look, we know that law always lags technology, uh, and that's probably not bad. Like, we bring technologies in and we wrap laws around them. The same goes with our consciousness of understanding the implications of those technologies. And in defence of those that have installed these devices, um, they're cheap, they work well, and they achieve the stated purpose of the device. They give you vision in places where you haven't had it. The, it's the unintended consequences. It's the complexity of these technologies that we're only really starting to unpack and understand as a community. And really, it comes down to choices being made around technologies, not where they're manufactured, but certainly where they're controlled from. And they're, they're two very distinct things. Okay. There's nothing wrong, of course, with technology being fabricated in China. The big question is whether it's controlled by China and in this case, there are serious questions that need to be answered. So, so if, if you were running a, I don't know, a manufacturing uh, business here in WA, you were making some sort of component, uh, would, and you had these cameras installed, should you be worried about it? Well, it's an interesting question because China State doesn't just spy um, to get military secrets. China State spies to... Uh, uh, to find out about dissidents, um, Uyghur groups, pro-democracy activists. We know it's been the largest transfer of wealth in history in terms of the theft of intellectual property. So if you did something in that factory that was unique and special, that gave you the competitive edge, and it could be picked up by a camera, then the answer is yes, that's the problem. All right. Well, it's easier when they're balloons and we could just shoot them down. This is different, but I do appreciate you joining us today. Certainly be an interesting couple of weeks. Thanks very much. Bye. Alastair McGibbon, uh, I'll, you know, I'll just repeat it one more time. Uh, the bloke that sort of pushes his pencil around procurement in terms of ordering these things, surely there are other steps in place, i.e. national security checks in relation to the surveillance equipment that we're installing all over our government agencies. Surely there is, there's got to be a, a memo somewhere from someone saying, are you sure we should be buying these cameras? And I'm saying it because of the speed, the absolute speed. Normally the opposition raise something around, so, and it's like, you know, oh, well, they would say that or whatever. But this one here, it's just like Richard Miles, ah, yeah, we've got a problem. Ah, we better get rid of those cameras. And so now you've got contractors being brought in to remove them all. Just dumbfounding. Uh, one double three, eight eighty two. We'll be back with more. Feel free to give us a call on that one if you want to. And also, we're going to be back to talk about this situation up at Serpentine.